everyone, I'm Angelica and I'm the news editor at The Daily Evergreen. I'm Madison and I'm the deputy news editor at The Daily Evergreen. We're here today with Nisha, the co-creator of a robot that helps older adults with memory impairment. The Daily Evergreen published an article on January 23rd about this robot, but we were hoping we could dive into this topic a little further with Nisha today. So, Nisha, can you tell us a little bit more about the robot? Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for having me here, first of all. So this robot came out of a necessity to create something that is going to ease our caregiver burden. Uh, the problem is, it's not a problem, but it's a fact. Uh, the baby boomers are aging into older adulthood. So one in five of our population is going to be ages 65 and older by 2030, which is actually not that far away anymore. <laughs> uh, the problem is, is that usually the people helping taking care of them are family caregivers, like you and I taking care of our grandma, grandpa, maybe our older parents. Uh, we just don't have the numbers to keep up with how fast people are aging. So we need something that's going to help us. <laughs> just give us a hand every now and then. Uh, especially since older adults want to age in place, they want to stay in their own homes. It became necessary to develop a robot that not only gives you social companionship, like what exists right now, but something that can help older adults that maybe forget how to do something, finish those tasks correctly in their daily lives, basically. Just help in hand. <laughs> um, so who was a part of the team in the process of creating this robot? Oh gosh, who was not a part of this team? <laughs> Uh, the robot itself is a collaboration between psychology, uh, specifically Dr. Schminner uh, Edgecombe's neuropsychology lab. Uh, she deals with neuropsychology and aging. Uh, so psychology came together with computer science and engineering. Uh, the engineers built the robot <laughs> that we use. The computer science students uh, run the robot, really, um, all grad students. and. The psychology department, me and my undergraduate RA, we run the usability testing. Uh, so I guess you could say without any one of those parts, you would not have the robot or you wouldn't have the data or what, know what to do with the robot. If you cannot pinpoint one person. <laughs> um, what has been the most exciting part of creating a robot and testing to see if it actually works? Oh gosh, there are, there have been a few milestones. Uh, Creating the robot-wise, I don't know if we thought we'd be this far at this point. Uh, this is part of a project that's been going on for years. I've heard the number 10 thrown out, and I've only been here uh, almost two years now. So that gives you an idea. Um, I think the exciting part about creating the robot, like I said, is how much it can do. Uh, I, I... In my wildest dreams, did not think I would be a part of something that can do so many things that you see on news, and then you, it's right in front of you, and you did it. Like this robot is capable of navigating a new space. It knows when things are in its way. It knows how to maneuver around them. It knows how to find a person in a space on its own. Like that's nuts. And honestly, I did not have the biggest part in that. That's computer science and engineering, right? Mm -hmm. But creating it and doing it in such a short time, like I don't know if we were thought we'd be there. Um, testing it. Um, <laughs> I think the most rewarding part has been the feedback we've gotten. Um, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to lose focus of 
we're just grad students in a university. Like, this, <laughs> this isn't like, you know, some sort of like, Intel's creating a thing and blah, 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 and it's huge. It's just we're grad students that we all came together and then you put this in front of people that might one day actually use it. Like, that's the thing. These aren't just, like, people we pull off the street and they're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's, like, people who are invested in seeing this through. Mm-hmm. And they're telling us that they see the use in this and they understand why we did it. And that's the big win. If they're not going to use this when they need it, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> I actually have a question. Um, yeah. Did anyone ever, like, bring up or approach you and was all like, this reminds me of a Black Mirror episode or, like, Someone said (laughs) no. Someone told me that this morning. So I actually I ran an older adult through testing this morning, Mm -hmm. and she said it reminds her of the robot on NCIS LA. Very specific. Something about a woman who can't be there, so she's a robot, and it's the voice and stalking someone. Our robot does not stalk people, to be clear. but you definitely said that, and I was like, I need to check this out, because if that's what you think of our robot, I need to know if it's good or not. <laughs> yeah, because, like, oh my gosh, Black Mirror is this, like, sci-fi type of thing. I've heard. Is this right. why people are covering their cameras on their laptops? Because of an episode? Yeah, I don't do that, but I've heard of that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and then, like, I was when I was reading my reporter's article on this, I yeah. was like, this reminds me of an episode. Excellent. Okay, I'll have to check that out, too. now. <laughs> It's good to know these things for yeah. public perception. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what organization or program has been funding this project all these years? Oh, gosh. Um, like I said, I only hopped on board a couple years ago. Uh, we have a postdoc student, Brian Miner. He is a godsend. He handles all of our paperwork for us. Um Funding is, I want to say, through NIH. Um, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it's from, but I think we also might have another grant. Um, I know it's ongoing, and I'm fairly sure it's NIH because they have a vested interest in making sure this goes um, this goes somewhere. I mean, and that's what I was saying earlier, is like we did not know... I think we expected a slower timeline of progress, and um, we had like a four-year plan with them, and I think we've surpassed that at this point. You know, like we did not think we would have a functioning robot that could automatically drive places at the end of last year and like over the summer. Um, That was year two of school, Um, but we built the robot, and it's driving around on its own now, and we're kind of in the third year, just a little earlier. Thank you to whoever is helping us make this happen. I'm pretty sure it's NIH, though. So. Okay. Um, so, yeah, um, in the article, the mm-hmm. reporter talked about, like, a smart apartment. Yes. So, yeah, how do you guys test a robot there? Well, our smart apartment is actually on campus. It is an apartment in, I think, the Chinook Apartments. Um, it is a smart apartment, Um I don't want you to think of Smart House, that Disney movie from so long ago. Like, the house doesn't speak to you or fall in love with you. Um, It is an apartment outfitted with sensors of all sorts of types. Uh, We have motion sensors on the ceiling uh, that create heat maps of activity so we can know where someone is from our control room upstairs. We have uh, six video cameras, I think, in the apartment. 
that we can watch activity from when we're running through the experiment upstairs. Um, we have motion sensors on all of these objects we use in these tasks. Uh, and you put that all together and suddenly you have this apartment that gives you data. Um, you know, it's aside from the fact that it's awesome that we can test this robot in an environment that is reminiscent of someone's actual home, that adds another layer of validity to people's reactions to this robot. We're not putting them in a lab, you know, with white walls and like fake Ikea furniture or something and being like, pretend this is home. This is someone's actual home and you can tell. Um, but that aside, being able to put it in a smart apartment, this robot actually depends on the smart apartment. So in essence, the robot and the apartment with all the sensors, we integrate the data both from the sensors on the robot and the apartment to track people's activity patterns and then learn, hey, they've forgotten something, we need to intervene. So without that smart apartment, you're missing a huge component of this. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> okay, so um, let's say like the robot is like being sold in Walmart or something like that. Um, Ideally, would, <laughs> one day, yes. <laughs> would that mean like when they, when they get the robot, they'd need to put like sensors in their house too? Yes. Okay. So the next stage that we're kind of looking at is putting in uh, the robot in someone's home long term for about a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and those first couple days involve going into their home and creating their own smart home. Uh, so we have this product, Smart Home in a Box, SHIB, um, that the electrical engineering computer science department, Dr. Diane Cook, she's our mentor over there. Um, she, their team created, and it's a box of sensors with very simple instructions, like think Ikea. Um, you go in, you put these sensors where the diagram tells you to, like for example, above your door, uh, a foot away from the wall. Um, you put these sensors in and all of a sudden you have your own environment that's ready for the robot to integrate into. Um, I realized that you know, you start thinking about marketing stuff where it's a complimentary product from Econ 101 <laughs> way back when. Um, but the amount of information you get from having the robot and home work together, I mean, it wouldn't work without it. So if you're investing in your own health and wanting to stay safe in your own home and function as you would like to, um, preserve your functional independence, basically, which is what people are wanting to do. I think you'd invest in that too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you guys have any improvements or changes you want to make with the current, you know, model? Phase? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think if you were to sit all of us down, we'd give you fifty. Uh, we are constantly thinking of new things to do, things we would make better. Um, I would love to put an arm on the thing. Uh, but I've been told in no uncertain terms for, uh, by the computer science and engineering students that an arm is literally going to cost an arm and a leg, maybe of mine, to put on. So we're not going to put an arm on right now. Um, apart from what we want to do, though, um, like I could tell you five things right off the top of my head that I'd like to change right now. But the whole point of testing this robot both with younger adults and older adults, is to get their feedback. You know, if we're going to put this in their home, we better know what they want. Um, older adults have told us all sorts of things they would change, and it's all feedback that we value. You know, when I tell them, when I give them these questionnaires, I'm telling them, 
please be brutally honest because that's how we'll make it better, right? Um, so I've had participants tell me, well, the speaker might need to be a little louder. Maybe you can incorporate a flashing light for those that are hearing impaired. Um, maybe you can make the tablet mount flexible both in terms of height as well as axis tilt. This is all awesome feedback, you know, like, and that's what we want to take after we finish up this round of testing and put back into the robot, right? Like, so this iterative design with people that will use it, that's what's going to make this robot worth having, you know, like we can sit in the lab all day and say, we would like it to look like this, but unless the person using it likes what it looks like and what it does, it's useless. <laughs> um, oh gosh, so many things, yeah. so many things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess it's more of, this is more of like a personal opinion type of thing. So what made you want to participate in this little project? Oh man. (laughs) Well, I, so I'm a second year, uh, graduate student in the experimental program. Um, I'm usually in an attention and perception lab. Um, I would like to go into user interface design. Um, and I heard about Dr. Maureen Schmitter-Edgecombe who, um, is a professor in the clinical uh, graduate psych program. And I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about the clinical side. But I found out she's doing all this cool stuff in conjunction with Dr. Diane Cook, um, technology and how it can help older adults with memory impairment. And I was like, gosh, well, what's going on over there? So technology, my buzzword. So I go over, and she tells me that they're doing this project with a robot and the big component that involves user interface design, which is what I want, want a career in, is this tablet interface this robot has. You know, like the whole point with that is that's its point of contact. And I was like, man, well, <laughs> that's right up my alley, isn't it? So I've been on board ever since. I've worked with um, Nicholas Sandifer. He's the uh, editorial cartoonist for the Daily Evergreen. He drew the faces uh, that are on the robot right now. Yeah. Uh, shout out to what? him for sure. Yeah. No, he's great. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, we met through friends, and he's very talented. And he was super great in taking in our very contradictory opinions about what the face should look like, and he gave us something. Uh, he gave us lots of options. So having a say in that, having a say in how big these buttons are on the interface, what color they are, to create that high contrast that older adults really want um, in an interface, um, big font, like all these things, the simplicity of the interface itself, all of this stuff is really important um, for older adults to use something, um, for them to be able to use something just with normal aging that they prefer. I mean, if you think about it, the ultimate goal is to customize the tablet. Um, I've been told that that's a lofty goal and we'll get there eventually but not right now maybe <laughs> um but if you think about it when you pick up your phone you're not going to keep the stock wallpaper that's on your phone you're changing it you're customizing it so you want to use it more that's my side of things i want to make this tablet as usable as effective as possible and if i make that and the participants when they give me all their feedback tell me yes i like the interface you could change this about the interface i'm going to pay attention to that because that's what i'm involved in as well as the actual usability testing that the psych department is doing. Uh, me and my RA, Justin Perot, we are tag-teaming it with the computer science kids to make it all happen. <laughs> so I guess my role is 
a little different depending on if you ask me personally versus my departmental role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, sweet. So um, <clears throat> are you guys still looking for participants to test this stuff? We have recruited, it's been a long road, but <laughs> we have recruited successfully um, more than 27 younger adults and more than 27 older adults mm-hmm. uh, with varying um, levels of impairment, I guess you could say. Our target population is to have this help older adults with mild cognitive impairment, so memory impairment in particular. Um, that's not to say that all the older adults we've tested have memory impairment. Um, we are just going off of this based on um, an assessment we give them. And the point of that is to make sure no matter what your impairment, you can use this robot. It does not matter if you have no idea what technology is, you can still use this robot. Um, so we are finishing up testing. Um, we'll be done next Tuesday, all fingers crossed. For this stage, um, you know, and then comes that next stage of putting it in someone's home for a week, which we're preparing for even now. Um, we have all the paperwork. We're ready to do it. We just need to give the robot a break maybe for a week and <laughs> make sure everything's in working order and make some changes if we want to before we do that. But um, without our participants, we would be nowhere. We need that feedback. And like I said, we have our opinions and sometimes we're right. You know, with the interface, like big buttons and stuff, and sometimes we're way off. You know, and it's really nice to have people say like, "No," or "Yeah, that was great." So, yes, I mean, if you're interested in it, let us know. Call our lab; <laughs> we'd love to help you out and see if we can't give you a tour and whatnot. But um, we're wrapping up testing. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us today, Nisha. This is Adelia Evergreen signing off.